Part Two of Prescription Against Heretics by Tertullian, read by David Ronald. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. In whatever manner error came, it reigned, of course, only as long as there was an absence of heresies. Truth had to wait for certain Marcionites and Valentinians to set it free. During the interval, the gospel was wrongly preached, men wrongly believed, so many thousands were wrongly baptized, so many works of faith were wrongly wrought, so many miraculous gifts, so many spiritual endowments were wrongly set in operation, so many priestly functions, so many ministries were wrongly executed, and, to sum up the whole, so many martyrs wrongly received their crowns. Else, if not wrongly done, and to no purpose, how comes it to pass that the things of God were on their course before it was known to what God they belonged, that there were Christians before Christ was found, that there were heresies before true doctrine? Not so, for in all cases truth precedes its copy, the likeness succeeds the reality. Absurd enough, however, it is, that heresy should be deemed to have preceded its own prior doctrine even on this account because it is that doctrine itself which foretold that there should be heresies against which men would have to guard to a church which possessed this doctrine it was written yea the doctrine itself writes to its own church though an angel from heaven preach any other gospel than that which we have preached let him be accursed where was Marcion then, the shipmaster of Pontus, the zealous student of Stoicism? Where was Valentinus then, the disciple of Platonism? For it is evident that those men lived not so long ago in the reign of Antoninus for the most part, and that they, at first, were believers in the doctrine of the Catholic Church, in the Church of Rome, under the episcopate of the blessed Eleutherus, until on account of their ever-restless curiosity with which they even infected the brethren they were more than once expelled marcion indeed went with the two hundred sesterces with which he had brought into the church and when banished at last to a permanent excommunication they scattered abroad the poisons of their doctrines Afterwards, it is true, Marcion professed repentance and agreed to the conditions granted to him that he should receive reconciliation if he restored to the church all the others whom he had been training for perdition. He was prevented, however, by death. It was indeed necessary that there should be heresies, and yet it does not follow from that necessity that heresies are a good thing as if it has not been necessary also that there should be evil. It was even necessary that the Lord should be betrayed, but woe to the traitor, so that no man may from this defend heresies. If we must likewise touch the descent of Apelles, he is far from being one of the old school. Like his instructor and moulder, Marcion, he rather forsook the continence of Marcion by resorting to the company of a woman and withdrew to alexandria out of sight of his most abstemious master returning therefrom after some years unimproved except that he was no longer a marcionite 
he clave to another woman, the maiden Philomene, whom we have already mentioned, who herself afterwards became an enormous prostitute. Having been imposed by her vigorous spirit, he committed to writing the revelations which he had learned of her. Persons are still living who remember them, their own actual disciples and successors, who cannot, therefore, deny the lateness of their date, but, in fact, by their own works they are convicted, even as the Lord said, for since Marcion separated the New Testament from the Old, he is necessarily subsequent to that which he separated, inasmuch as it was only in his power to separate what was previously united. Having then been united previous to its separation, the fact of its subsequent separation proves the subsequence also of the man who effected the separation. In like manner, Valentinus, by his different expositions and acknowledged emendations, makes these changes on the express ground of previous faultiness, and therefore demonstrates the difference of the documents. These corruptors of the truth we mention as being more notorious and more public than others. There is, however, a certain man named Nicodemus and Hermogenes and several others who still pursue the course of perverting the ways of the Lord. Let them show me by what authority they come. If it be some other god they preach, how comes it that they employ the things and the writings and the names of that god against whom they preach? If it be the same god, why treat him in some other way? Let them prove themselves to be new apostles. Let them maintain that Christ has come down a second time, taught in person a second time, has been twice crucified, twice dead, twice raised. For thus has the apostle described the order of events in the life of Christ. For thus, too, is he accustomed to make his apostles to give them, that is, power besides of working the same miracles which he worked himself. I would, therefore, have their mighty deeds also brought forward, except that I allow their mightiest deed to be that by which they perversely vie with the apostles. For whilst they used to raise men to life from the dead, these consigned men to death from their living state. Let me return, however, from this digression to discuss the priority of truth and the comparative lateness of falsehood, deriving support from my argument, even from that parable which puts in the first place the sowing by the Lord of the good seed of the wheat, but introduces at a later stage the adulteration of the crop by its enemy, the devil, with the useless weed of the wild oats. For herein is figuratively described the difference of doctrines, since in other passages also the word of God is likened unto seed. From the actual order, therefore, it becomes clear that that which was first delivered is of the Lord and is true, whilst that is strange and false which was afterwards introduced. This sentence will keep its ground in opposition to all later heresies which have no consistent quality of kindred knowledge inherent in them to claim the truth as on their side. But if there be any heresies which are bold enough to plant themselves in the midst of the apostolic age, that they may thereby seem to have been handed down by the apostles because they existed in the time of the apostles, we can say, let them produce the original records of their churches, 
let them unfold the role of their bishops running down in due succession from the beginning in such a manner that that first bishop of theirs shall be able to show for his ordainer and predecessor some one of the apostles or of apostolic men a man moreover who continued steadfast with the apostles for this is the manner in which the apostolic churches transmit their registers as the church of smyrna which records that polycarp was placed therein by john as also the church of rome which makes clement to have been ordained in like manner by peter in exactly the same way the other churches likewise exhibit their several worthies whom as having been appointed to their episcopal places by apostles they regard as transmitters of the apostolic seed let the heretics contrive something of the same kind for after their blasphemy what is there that is lawful for them to attempt but should they even effect the contrivance they will not advance a step for their very doctrine after comparison with that of the apostles will declare by its own diversity and contrariety that it had for its author neither an apostle nor an apostolic man because as the apostles would never have taught things which were self-contradictory so the apostolic men would not have inculcated teaching different from the apostles unless they who received their instruction from the apostles went and preached in a contrary manner to this test therefore will they be submitted for proof by those churches who although they derive not their founder from the apostles or apostolic men as being of much later date for they are in fact being founded daily yet since they agree in the same faith they are accounted as not less apostolic because they are aching in doctrine then let all the heresies when challenged to these two tests by our apostolic church offer their proof of how they deem themselves to be apostolic but in truth they neither are so nor are they able to prove themselves to be what they are not nor are they admitted to peaceful relations and communion by such churches as are in any way connected with apostles inasmuch as they are in no sense themselves apostolic because of their diversity as to the mysteries of the faith besides all this i add a review of the doctrines themselves which existing as they did in the days of the apostles were both exposed and denounced by the said apostles for by this method they will be more easily reprobated when they are detected to have been even then in existence or at any rate to have been seedlings of the terrors which then were paul in his first epistle to the corinthians sets his mark on certain who denied and doubted the resurrection this opinion was the especial property of the sadducees a part of it however is maintained by marcion and apollos and valentinus and all other impugners of the resurrection writing also to the galatians he inveighs against such men as observed and defend circumcision and the mosaic law thus runs hebion's heresy such also as forbid to marry he reproaches in his instructions to timothy now this is the teaching of marcion and his follower apelles the apostle directs a similar blow against those who said that the resurrection was past already such an opinion did the valentinians assert of themselves 
when, again, he mentions endless genealogies. One also recognizes Valentinus, in whose system a certain aeon, whosoever he be, of a new name, and that not one only, generates of his own grace, sense and truth, and these, in like manner, produce of themselves word and life, while these again afterwards begat man in the church. From the primary eight, ten other aeons after them spring, and then the twelve others arise with their wonderful names to complete the mere story of the thirty aeons. The same apostle, when disapproving of those who are in bondage to elements, points us to some dogma of Hermogenes, who introduces matter as having no beginning, and then compares it with God, who has no beginning. By thus making the mother of the elements a goddess, he has it in his power to be in bondage to a being which he puts on par with God. John, however, in the Apocalypse is charged to chastise those who eat things sacrificed to idols and who commit fornication. There are even now another sort of Nicolaitans. Theirs is called the Gaian heresy. But in his epistle he especially designates those as antichrists, who denied that Christ was come in the flesh, and who refused to think that Jesus was the Son of God, the one dogma Marcion maintained, the other Hebion. The doctrine, however, of Simon's sorcery, which inculcated the worship of angels, was itself actually reckoned amongst idolatries and condemned by the Apostle Peter in Simon's own person. These are, as I suppose, the different kinds of spurious doctrines which, as we are informed by the apostles themselves, existed in their own day, and yet we find amongst so many various perversions of truth not one school which raised any controversy concerning God as the creator of all things. No man was bold enough to surmise a second God. More readily was doubt felt about the Son than about the Father, until Marcion introduced, in addition to the Creator, another God of goodness only. Apelles made the Creator of some nondescript, glorious angel, who belonged to the superior God, the God, according to him, of the law and of Israel, affirming that he was fire. Valentinus disseminated his aeons and traced the sin of one aeon to the production of God, the Creator. To none forsooth except these, nor prior to these, was revealed the truth of the divine nature, and they obtained this special honor and fuller favor from the devil, we cannot doubt, because he wished, even in this respect to rival God, that he might succeed by the position of his doctrines in doing himself what the Lord said could not be done, making the disciples above their master. Let the entire mass of heresies choose, therefore for themselves the times when they should appear provided that the when be an unimportant point allowing too that they be not of the truth and as a matter of course that such as had no existence in the time of the apostles could not possibly had any connection with the apostles if indeed they had then existed their names would be extant with a view to their own repression likewise those heresies indeed which did exist in the days of the apostles are condemned in their very mention if it be true then that those heresies which in 
the apostolic times were in a rude form are now found to be the same only in a much more polished shape they derive their condemnation from this very circumstance or if they were not the same but arose afterwards in a different form and merely assumed from them certain tenets then by sharing with them an agreement in their teaching they must needs partake in their condemnation by reason of the above-mentioned definition of lateness of date which meets us on the very threshold even if they were free from any participation in condemned doctrine they would stand already judged on the mere ground of time being all the more spurious because they were not even named by the apostles whence we have the firmer assurance that these were the heresies which even then were announced as about to rise challenged and refuted by us according to these definitions let all the heresies boldly on their part also advance similar rules to these against our doctrine whether they be later than the apostles or contemporary with the apostles provided they be different from them provided also they were by either a general or a specific censure precondemned by them for since they deny the truth of our doctrine they ought to prove that it also is heresy refutable by the same rule as that by which they are themselves refuted and at the same time to show us where we must seek the truth which it is by this time evident has no existence amongst them our system is not behind any in date on the contrary it is earlier than all and this fact will be the evidence of that truth which everywhere occupies the first place the apostles again nowhere condemn it they rather defend it a fact which will show that it comes from themselves for that doctrine which they refrain from condemning when they have condemned every strange opinion they show to be their own and on that ground too they defend it come now you who would indulge a better curiosity if you would apply it to the business of your salvation run over the apostolic churches in which the very thrones of the apostles are still preeminent in their places in which their own authentic writings are read uttering the voice and representing the face of each of them severally achaia is very near you in which you find corinth since you are not far from macedonia you have philippi and there too you have the thessalonians since you are able to cross to asia you get ephesus since moreover you are close upon italy you have rome from which there comes even into our own hands the very authority of the apostles themselves how happy is its church on which apostles poured forth all their doctrine along with their blood where peter endures a passion like his lord's where paul wins his crown in a death like john's where the apostle john was first plunged unhurt into boiling oil and thence remitted to his island exile see what she has learned what taught what fellowship has had with even our churches in africa one lord god does she acknowledge the creator of the universe and christ jesus born of the virgin mary the son of god the creator and the resurrection of the flesh the law and the prophets she unites in one volume with the writings of evangelists and apostles from which she drinks in her faith this she seals with the water of baptism arrays with the holy ghost feeds with the eucharist cheers with martyrdom and against such a discipline thus maintained she admits no gainsayer 
This is the discipline which I no longer say foretold that heresy should come, for from which they proceeded. However, they were not of her, because they were opposed to her. Even the rough wild olive arises from the germ of the fruitful, rich, and genuine olive. Also from the seed of the mellowest and sweetest fig, there springs the empty and useless wild fig. In the same way, heresies too come from our plant, although not of our kind, they come from the grain of truth, but, owing to their falsehood, they have only wild leaves to show. Since this is the case, in order that the truth may be adjudged to belong to us, as many as walk according to the rule, which the church has handed down from the apostles, the apostles from Christ, and Christ from God, the reason of our position is clear when it determines that heretics ought not to be allowed to challenge an appeal to the scriptures, since we, without the scriptures, prove that they have nothing to do with the scriptures. For as they are heretics, they cannot be true Christians, because it is not from Christ that they get that which they pursue of their own mere choice, and from the pursuit incur and admit the name of heretics. Thus, not being Christians, they have acquired no right to the Christian scriptures, and it may be fairly said to them, Who are you? When and whence did you come? As you are none of mine, what have you to do with that which is mine? Indeed, Marcion, by what right do you hew my wood? By whose permission, Valentinus, are you diverting the streams of my fountain? By what power, Apelles, are you removing my landmarks? This is my property. Why are you, the rest, sowing and feeding here at your own pleasure? This, I say, is my property. I have long possessed it. I possessed it before you. I hold sure title deeds from the original owners themselves, to whom the estate belonged. I am the heir of the apostles, just as they carefully prepared their will and testament and committed it to a trust and adjured the trustees to be faithful to their charge, even so do I hold it. As for you, they have, it is certain, always held you as disinherited and rejected you as strangers, as enemies. But on what ground are heretics strangers and enemies to the apostles, if it be not from the difference of their teaching, which each individual of his own mere will has either advanced or received in opposition to the apostles. Where diversity of doctrine is found, there, then, must the corruption, both of the scriptures and the expositions thereof, be regarded as existing. On those whose purpose it was to teach differently, lay the necessity of differently arranging the instruments of doctrine, they could not possibly have efficated their diversity of teaching in any other way than by having a difference in the means whereby they taught. As in their case, corruption in doctrine could not possibly have succeeded without a corruption also of its instruments. So to ourselves also, integrity of doctrine could not have accrued without integrity in those means by which doctrine is managed. Now, what is there in our scriptures which is contrary to us? What of our own have we introduced that we should have to take it away again or else add to it or alter it in order to restore it to its natural soundness anything which is contrary to it and contained in the scriptures? What we are ourselves that also the scriptures are and have been from the beginning. Of them we have our being, before there was any other way, before they were interpolated by you. 
Now, inasmuch as all interpolation must be believed to be a later process for the express reason that it proceeds from rivalry, which is never in any case previous to nor home-born with that which it emulates, it is as incredible to every man of sense that we should seem to have introduced any corrupt text into the scriptures existing as we have been from the very first and being the first as it is that they have not in fact introduced it who are both later in date and opposed to the scriptures one man perverts the scriptures with his hand another their meaning by his exposition for although valentinus seems to use the entire volume he has none the less laid violent hands on the truth only with a more cunning mind and skill than marcian marcian expressly and openly used the knife not the pen since he made such an excision of the scriptures as suited his own subject matter valentinus however abstained from such excision because he did not invent scriptures to square with his own subject matter but adapted his matter to the scriptures and yet he took away more and added more by removing the proper meaning of every particular word and adding fantastic arrangements of things which have no real existence these were the ingenious arts of spiritual wickedness wherewith we also my brethren may fairly expect to have to wrestle as necessary for faith that the elect may be made manifest and that the reprobate may be discovered and therefore they possess influence and a facility in thinking out and fabricating errors which ought not to be wondered at as if it were a difficult and inexplicable process seeing that in profane writings also an example comes ready to hand of a similar facility you see in our own day composed out of virgil a story of a wholly different character the subject matter being arranged according to the verse and the verse according to the subject matter in short hosidius geta has most completely pilfered his tragedy of medea from virgil a near relative of my own among some leisure productions of his pen has composed out of the same poet the table of cebus on the same principle those potasters are commonly called homer centones collectors of homeric odds and ends who stitch into one piece patchwork fashion works of their own from the lines of homer out of many scraps put together from this passage and from that in miscellaneous confusion now unquestionably the divine scriptures are more fruitful in resources of all kinds for this sort of facility nor do i risk contradiction in saying that the very scriptures were even arranged by the will of god in such a manner as to furnish materials for heretics inasmuch as i read that there must be heresies which there cannot be without the scriptures the question will arise by whom is it to be interpreted the sense of the passages which make for heresies by the devil of course to whom pertain those wiles which pervert the truth and who by the mystic rites of his idols vies even with the essential portions of the sacraments of god he too baptizes some that is his own believers and faithful followers 
he promises the putting away of sins by a laver of his own and if my memory still serves me mithra there in the kingdom of satan sets his marks on the foreheads of his soldiers celebrates also the oblation of bread and introduces an image of the resurrection and before a sword wreaths a crown what also must we say to satan's limiting his chief priest to a single marriage he too has his virgins he too has his proficience in continence suppose now we revolve in our minds the superstitions of numa pompilius and consider his priestly offices and badges and privileges his sacrificial services too and the instruments and vessels of the sacrifices themselves and the curious rites of his expiations and vows is it not clear to us that the devil imitated the well-known moroseness of the jewish law since therefore he has shown such emulation in his great aim of expressing in the concerns of his idolatry those very things of which consists the administration of christ's sacraments it follows of course that the same being possessing still the same genius both set his heart upon and succeeded in adapting to his profane and rival creed the very documents of divine things and of the christian saints his interpretation from their interpretations his words from their words his parables from their parables for this reason then no one ought to doubt either that spiritual wickedness from which also heresies come have been introduced by the devil or that there is any real difference between heresies and idolatry seeing that they appertain both to the same author and the same work that idolatry does they either pretend that there is another god in opposition to the creator or even if they acknowledge that the creator is the one only god they treat of him as a different being from what he is in truth the consequence is that every lie which they speak of god is in a certain sense a sort of idolatry i must not omit an account of the conduct also of the heretics how frivolous it is how worldly how merely human without seriousness without authority without discipline as suits their creed to begin with it is doubtful who is a catechumen and who is a believer they have all access alike they hear alike they pray alike even heathens if any such happen to come among them that which is holy they will cast to the dogs and their pearls although to be sure they are not real ones they will fling to the swine simplicity they will have to consist in the overthrow of discipline attention to which on our part they call brotherly peace also they huddle up anyhow with all comers for it matters not to them however different be their treatment of subjects provided only they can conspire together to storm the citadel of the one only truth all are puffed up all offer you knowledge their catechumens are perfect before they are full taught the very women of these heretics how wanton they are for they are bold enough to teach to dispute to enact exorcisms to undertake cures it may be even to baptize their ordinances are carelessly administered capricious changeable at one time they put novices in office at another time men who are bound to some secular employment at another 
persons who have apostatized from us to bind them by vainglory, since they cannot buy the truth. Nowhere is the promotion easier than in the camp of rebels, where the mere fact of being there is a foremost service. And so it comes to pass that today one man is their bishop, tomorrow another, today he is a deacon who tomorrow is a reader, today he is a presbyter who tomorrow is a layman, for even on laymen do they impose the functions of priesthood. But what shall I say concerning the ministry of the word, since they make it their business not to convert the heathen, but to subvert our people? This is rather the glory which they catch at, to compass the fall of those who stand, not the raising of those who are down. Accordingly, since the very work which they purpose to themselves comes not from the building up of their own society, but from the demolition of the truth, they undermine our edifices, that they may erect their own, only deprive them of the law of Moses and the prophets and the divinity of the Creator, and they have not another objection to talk about. The consequence is that they more easily accomplish the ruin of standing houses than the erection of fallen ruins. It is only when they have such objects in view that they show themselves humble and bland and respectful. Otherwise, they know no respect even for their own leaders. Hence it is supposed that schisms seldom happen among heretics because, even when they exist, they are not obvious. Their very unity, however, is schism. I am greatly in error if they do not amongst themselves swerve even from their own regulations, for as much as every man, just as it suits his own temper, modifies the traditions he has received after the same fashion as the man who handed them down did when he molded them according to his own will. The progress of the matter is an acknowledgment at once of its character and of the manner of its birth. That was allowable to the Valentinians, which had been allowed to Valentinus. That was also fair for the Marsoniates, which had been done by Marcion even to innovate on the faith as was agreeable to their own pleasure. In short, all heresies, when thoroughly looked into, are detected harboring dissent in many particulars even from their own founders. The majority of them have not even churches motherless houseless creedless outcasts they wander about in their own essential worthlessness it has also been a subject of remark how extremely frequent is the intercourse which heretics hold with magicians with mountebanks with astrologers with philosophers and the reason is that they are men who devote themselves to curious questions seek and ye shall find is everywhere in their minds thus from the very nature of their conduct may be estimated the quality of their faith in their discipline we have an index of their doctrine they say that god is not to be feared therefore all things are in their view free and unchecked where however is god not feared except where he is not where god is not their truth also is not where there is no truth then naturally enough there is also such a discipline as theirs. But where God is, there exists the fear of God, which is the beginning of wisdom. Where the fear of God is, there is seriousness, an honorable and yet thoughtful diligence, as well as an anxious carefulness and a well-considered admission to the sacred ministry and a safely guarded communion and promotion after good service. 
and a scrupulous submission to authority and a devout attendance and a modest gait and a united church and God in all things. These evidences then of a stricter discipline existing among us are an additional proof of truth from which no man can safely turn aside who bears in mind that future judgment when we must all stand before the judgment seat of Christ to render an account of our faith itself before all things. What then will they say who shall have defiled it, even the virgin which Christ committed to them with the adultery of heretics? I suppose they will allege that no injunction was ever addressed to them by him or by his apostles concerning depraved and perverse doctrines assailing them, or about their avoiding and abhorring the same. He and his apostles, perhaps, will acknowledge that the blame rather lies with themselves and their disciples in not having given us previous warning and instruction. They will, besides, add a good deal respecting the high authority of each doctor of heresy, how that these mightily strengthened belief in their own doctrine, how that they raised the dead, restored the sick, foretold the future, that so they might deservedly be regarded as apostles. As if this caution were not also in written record, that many should come who were to work even the greatest miracles in defense of the deceit of the corrupt preaching, so, forsooth, they will deserve to be forgiven. If, however, any, being mindful of the writings and the denunciations of the Lord and the apostles, shall have stood firm in the integrity of the faith, I suppose they will run great risk of missing pardon when the Lord answers, I plainly forewarned you that there should be teachers of false doctrine in my name, as well as that of prophets and apostles also, and to my own disciples did I give a charge that they should preach the same things to you. But as for you, it was not, of course, to be supposed that you would believe me. I once gave the gospel and the doctrine of the said rule of life and faith, to my apostles, but afterwards it was my pleasure to make considerable changes in it. I had promised a resurrection, even of the flesh, but on second thoughts it struck me that I might not be able to keep my promise. I had shown myself to have been born of a virgin, but this seemed to me afterwards to be a discreditable thing. I had said that he was my father, who is the maker of the sun and the showers, but another and better father has adopted me. I had forbidden you to lend an ear to heretics, but in this I erred. Such blasphemies, it is possible, do enter the minds of those who go out of the right path, and who do not defend the true faith from the danger which besets it. On the present occasion, indeed, our treatise has rather taken up a general position against heretics, showing that they must all be refuted on definite equitable and necessary rules without any comparison with the scriptures for the rest if god in his grace permit we shall prepare answers to certain of these heretics in separate treatises to those who may devote their leisure in reading through these pages in the belief of the truth be peace and the grace of our god jesus christ forever end of part two of prescription against heretics by tertullian read by david ronald